and one. It is third round Thursday, and Broncos country sent in their third round mock drafts. We selected some of the ones that we like the most. We'll highlight that and much more on today's brand new episode, Locked on Broncos. You are locked on Broncos, your daily Denver Broncos podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. What's up, Broncos country? Welcome into a brand new episode of Locked On Broncos, your daily Denver Broncos podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Thank you so much to everybody in Broncos country for tuning in, making us your first listen of the day every single day to get the latest episode as soon as it's available. Make sure you subscribe or follow for free on YouTube or wherever you listen to your podcast. I'm your host, as always, Cody Rourke, Broncos reporter from Mile High Sports, joined alongside, as always, by my co-host and my good friend, Sarah Bettinger. He's the site expert, predominantlyorange.com. This episode is brought to you by FanDuel Sportsbook, official sportsbook partner of the NFL. Make every moment more. Visit fanduel.com slash locked on to get started today. Appreciate you as always, Broncos country. As you know, third round Thursday is kicking off in a big way. We did it last week with the first initial episode where we went through and we made our mock draft selections in the third round only for the Denver Broncos. This time we got Broncos country involved. We had you guys send in your third round mocks. We selected some of the ones we liked, but we also picked ourselves. So you'll get that on today's episode of the show. Sarah, my friend, let's waste no time. Let's dive right into it. You and I, one thing we'll always do every Thursday episode of Lockdown Broncos, we'll conduct a third round mock draft. And we'll start getting to the point when we get closer to doing a mock draft Monday. But we went through and we executed our picks. I'm going to let you start off with your mock draft, how it went, who was available on the board, who did you select, and why? Well, Cody, I really like to take a lot of varying approaches. You know, talking about picking mock drafts from those who submitted them to us on Twitter. And thank you, by the way, for everybody who did that. I wish we could talk about all of them within the confines of this episode. But really what I'm looking at is I'm trying to find all different scenarios, right? I didn't pick, you know, uh, from the fans submitted mock drafts, ones that I want to talk about. I didn't pick any that were, you know, that had similar players. And then I I kind of made my own mock draft based on that, right? So I'm kind of trying to think, like, not just against the grain, but I'm trying to present all these sorts of different options One thing that I'm really convicted about lately, though, Cody, is I really feel like the Broncos are gearing up to maybe take a tight end near the top of this draft class, which a lot of people may be surprised by, may be upset by. I think that they're I think they're gearing up for it. I really do. I I, I mean, we've talked about it on previous episodes. You can follow me on Twitter for a little bit more. I'll be expounding on that as we, you know, kind of get closer to the draft. Here's what we know. The Broncos free agency indicated they are going heavy on running the football this year. I mean, they signed a traditional fullback for crying out loud, right, Cody? So we know the run game is going to be an emphasis. My two picks from all the players that were available, I chose at pick 67, I chose Sam Laporta, the tight end from Iowa, which I think he could very well go before that. And before anybody gets on my back for being biased, look, (laughs) I mean, he up being the best player on the board and I do love me some Hawkeyes and I love that everybody's picking Julius Brents as well Cody another former Hawkeye and a little bit of a spoiler alert for a future discussion there I I like former Hawkeyes going to the NFL specifically at the tight end position I think Sam Laporta is going to be somebody who offers a ton in terms of the pass game in terms of the run game he he brings a lot more to the table than you think 
I, I assumed Cody based on watching him at Iowa, didn't think he was going to have a huge RAS score, but he is up there over nine. He's, he's got a RAS score over nine, had a, a great workout this off season. So I like that pick. And then at 68, I chose Joe Tipman, the center out of Wisconsin. I think the Broncos could go any number of directions in these third round picks, corner edge, D line, tight end, offensive tackle, you know, interior offensive line. There's so many options there, but if the Broncos could come away with a tight end and a center, specifically two guys that could play right away, I think that's great value. I think that you're getting two guys that could maybe even start for you this season, depending on the player at those positions. But I like tight end and I like center in that slot just about as much as I like any position combination. I like these picks here that you made it. And I agree. I think for me, how I've been operating in any mock draft that I did, I did one for Bleacher Report for about 45 minutes where I used the mock draft simulator, interacted with the audience as I was going about it. I like the fact that you add guys who not only will be good depth if they're not starting, but will have the opportunity to start for you at some point. In my opinion, I think that's what the draft is all about. You know, unless there's like a, a major need, like, okay, hey, we're drafting this guy in round one. We know he's going to be a day one starter. But if you can get like third round guys that could eventually start for you, that is how you build valuable depth. Just look at guys like Quinn Miners. Look at guys like Barron Browning, so on and so forth. The list goes on and on. I like these picks here. Now, for me, I went opposite of offense. I went with defense, and I may get some flack for that, but I think I have pretty good reasoning for it. It's pick number 67, I went with Eli Ricks, cornerback from Alabama. Now, some interesting things to note about him. He was He's a four-star, five-star athlete initially coming out of high school. Signed on with LSU, had a really good season. Then he tore his labrum, and he was a surprise transfer. He transferred to Alabama, and it didn't go how he had planned at first because, you know, you transferred to Alabama, you think you're going to be a premier guy. He had a hard time cracking in the starting lineup there, especially coming off the injury from uh, the year before. He was able to step up and get some playing time a little bit as the season progressed under Nick Saban, and he finished out the year very, very strong. Now, this is a guy who has some former first round draft selection hype previously a couple years back in terms of projection, maybe where he would go, not going to be the case more than likely here, but he's a guy that can lock down, can play physical press, man-to-man coverage, can play and excel in zone coverage, can come up against the run and tackle. We know that's going to be part of it, right? So for me, he can be a strong cornerback three option. We just did our our positional state of the Broncos there. We made the outlook like, okay, hey, is Tremont Smith going to be that cornerback three guy? He's going to be Jaquan McMillan, an undrafted rookie free agent. Eli Eli Ricks could be a guy that comes in right away and, you know, is a guy behind Damari Mathis or Sertan, but maybe could even push to start down the road for them at corner. At 68, I went with an edge rusher. I went with Derek Hall out of Auburn. He's six foot two, 254 pounds, has a 9.4 relative athletic score. He is a true rasshole, as am I here. And... For me, I I factor this into what we talked about with the edge rushers. Are you comfortable with the depth, right? And and of course, you drafted Nick Benito round two last year. So if you make this draft selection, the perception is, okay, you don't feel so highly about Nick Benito. I I disagree, right? Because I think that we saw Baron Browning. We saw Randy Gregory, both those guys, and even Jonathan Cooper. Both those, all all three of these guys dealt with some injury in, in some way, shape, or form in 2022, which impacted their status, which then impacted the depth. You get a guy like Derek Hall who has upside, has potential. You fit him in here. He doesn't necessarily have to start for you, but he could. He could play a rotational role, and it doesn't have any slight against a guy, in my opinion, like a Nick Benito. And here's what Pro Football Network's Ian Cummings had to say 
about Derek Hall. It says, with his burst and elite proportional length, that's good to have that, explosiveness and length, Hall is uniquely strong raw power capacity for his size, and with that raw power, he's shown that he can sustain and drive through power rushes with quick, steady leg, drive upon engaging. In fact, he can effectively maximize his power output by aligning his base behind rushes and fully channeling with his length. So being able to be lengthy and strong, that is good. That's what you need, right? We know outside linebacker, you want to have guys on the outside that have some speed to them as well. So these were my two selections here for the Broncos. May not be popular in the eyes of many in Broncos country, but I think for our mock drafts that you and I put out, like I said, I'll recap again. I went with Eli Ricks, cornerback out of Bama at 67. I went with Derek Hall at 68, edge rusher out of Auburn. You went with Sam Laporta, tight end out of Iowa 67, and you went with Joe Tipman at 68, center out of Wisconsin. Now we just ask you, Broncos country, as you're watching along, you're listening along, do you agree with those picks? Do you like them? Do you dislike them? Tell us why. We want to interact with you. If you're watching on YouTube down below, or if you want to interact with us on Twitter, at Cody Work NFL, at Sarah Bettinger, at Locked On Broncos. But a major part of third round Thursday is featuring you. The avid listeners in Broncos country, you sent in your third round mock drafts. Sarah and I, we went through and we looked at all of them. We selected the ones we liked the most. There were so many good ones. We couldn't feature all of them. But we're going to feature some Broncos country members, third round mock drafts coming up. We're going to share our thoughts on it as well. You get that on today's episode, Locked on Broncos. This episode of the show is brought to you by our friends over there at Built Bar. And if you're looking for a delicious snack, but you don't want all the sugar and all the calories, then you need to try the best tasting protein bar ever built. You've got to try this. And if you're like me and you want to make healthier snack choices, but you don't want to compromise on taste, well, I've got just the thing for you. Built Bars and Built Puffs. Built Bars are healthy and taste amazing. They taste so amazing that you won't think that they're good for you. They taste legitimately like a candy bar. The bars are covered in 100% milk chocolate. They're soft. They're easy to chew. You can put them in the fridge or the freezer for an hour if you want a little bit of a crunchier bite. You can put them in the microwave like Sarah does, and you can get it to be extra gooey like dessert. You can even have it maybe with some ice cream. You want to combine the best of both worlds? You can do just that, and they come in a wide variety of amazing flavors like churro, peanut butter brownie, cookies and cream, and more. Only 130 calories, 4 grams of sugar, and 17 grams of protein, and you can try here today. You don't need to wait to go get a box from Built.com. Even if you want to order one, you can, but you can go to your local Sam's Club or your Walmart, and you can get a box of specialty flavors as necessary or as convenient for you. You can go there at Walmart, you can get a four-bar box in your local pharmacy area of the Walmart, or you can go to Sam's Club and you can buy in bulk and get 13 bars of Bill Bar. Try it today. Broncos country submitted some third round Thursday mock drafts of their own. And Cody, I'm excited to talk about these because we got some really great responses. We got people who, you know, stuck with the two selections at 67 and 68. We had people who who took a look at some trade down scenarios, added an extra pick. Remember, the Broncos did that in 2021 when they had that high third round pick. They trade down and they got both Quinn Miners and Baron Browning there at the end of round three. So we had some people submit some scenarios looking at trade downs. I'm excited to discuss this. I spoiled it a little bit in segment one, but we got a couple of actually like three or four mock drafts from somebody named Thurman. So thank you, Thurman, for Thurman was balling. mock drafts. Thurman was balling. I mean, the mock draft machine was flowing, baby. So I, I love it. I love to see it. And I chose this one because, well, I love the Iowa Hawkeyes. And this one included Julius Brents, the cornerback from Kansas State, a former Iowa transfer Cody, I think Julius Brents is quickly becoming a favorite among Broncos. I mean, I see Julius Brents' name pop up more on Twitter these days 
than I think any other prospect in this draft class. So it seems like Broncos country very much likes Julius Brents, the super athlete out of Kansas State who can play some corner. Maybe could do a little uh, a little bit of, you know, maybe some nickel, maybe some safety at the just a, an all-around DB that could maybe fit into what the Broncos seem to be looking for there in terms of versatility. And then Isaiah Foskey, the edge from Notre Dame. So the same two positions that you selected with your mock draft. Cody, I'm interested to know, what are, you, what are your thoughts on these two guys? What are your thoughts on, I guess we talked a little bit about the idea of cornerback three. We talked a little bit about the idea of edge. I want to do a little bit of devil's advocate here. I don't know if the Broncos should go with an edge in round three. I just don't know if the traits are going to measure up to what they need in terms of, hey, if Randy Gregory does get hurt, if Baron Browning does get hurt, are you really throwing a third round pick into this mix or should you sign a veteran to really raise the floor of that room? Do you like the idea of, are you sold on the idea of edge being at or near the top of the priority list here in round three? I I think it really depends on how Sean Payton and George Payton feel about where the the roster is. You know, you do have Randy Gregory coming into training camp, 100% healthy, which projects to be very well. Same thing with Baron Browning. The question is, can can guys stay healthy, right? Because when you look at that position, I mean, a lot of people say, oh, these guys are always injured. But when you look at what edge rushers have to deal with in the NFL, not only do you have to go against offensive tackles, you have to go against tight ends who line up to your side to double team you. They may even bring a fullback or a wing underneath to have three guys try to block you there. You're going to take a lot of damage. Like sometimes you're going to get crack blocked. Sometimes you're going to get cut blocked by an offensive lineman. We've seen that happen. I mean, obviously, what was it? It was... Uh, Kayvon Thibodeau in the preseason. We saw one of those nasty shots from pulling linemen get him low there. That can happen. That's that's prone for that position. But it's also a position that utilizes so much need for explosiveness, right? Being able to plant your foot in that ground and get that burst, that opens you up to some soft tissue, opens up to you some knee injuries, Achilles, ankles, things like that. There, there's a base and a foundation. Obviously, Denver's going through that right now with OTA starting, voluntary workouts. Guys are in the building. They're lifting. They're getting stronger. They're conditioning. To me, I, I feel like they need to add an edge rusher, right? But I think the question is, if they add a guy, who is it for, right? Because we talked about it. Aaron Patrick's still on the team. He's just going to be coming off of an ACL, may not be ready for the start of the season. That takes one option off the board for you. You have Jacob Martin, who is coming off a knee injury as well. Is he a guy that you can maybe see playing in the rotation for you defensively? Nick Benito going to take the next step. Jonathan Cooper, we know he's got a high motor. I think he's probably going to be the most reliable player that they have at at edge rusher right now. I'll say that. Jonathan Cooper. Baron Browning, Randy Gregory. Impact players when healthy. Can they stay healthy? There are so many questions that I feel like if you don't at least maybe add a guy. And look, you look at Foskey, he's six foot five. Like He's a six foot five edge rusher. So to me, that, that that's an advantage because, you know, we still see screen passes being thrown in the NFL. We see some outlets, some slants. Imagine like trying to throw a slant and then you got the six foot five guy getting his hand up and knocking the ball down or intercepting it. He's got the length to be able to do that. He's athletic. He's strong at the same exact time. I would I would be okay with him going in edge rusher. And I to be honest with you, Thurman and I, the mock draft you selected, it went cornerback and it went edge rusher. So I think we're in alignment there. Um, but I mean, that's how I feel. I mean, I'm curious for your thoughts. I know you've touched on it a little bit and then obviously we'll get to uh, somebody else's mock draft. Right. I think it's all dependent upon kind of the player that's available. Isn't it like it, we've, we've got all these different scenarios with edge guys, Isaiah Foskey, obviously you selected Derek Hall, this next mock draft from Kinley G of our uh, guy friend of the show. 
Uh, yeah, I love Kinley. So uh, he, he, he made a pick. I'm going to continue to expound on this. I want to talk about his picks, and I want to talk about the positions once again. Felix Anudike Uzama. I hope I'm pronouncing that right out of Kansas State. One of the top edge prospects in this draft class, Cody, off the edge. He's going to be uh, another one of those big-time athletes. And again, you look at these guys coming out. I mean, it's almost a prerequisite. If you're being talked about in a mock draft, you're going to be you're going to be a big time RAS guy. I mean, it's very rare anymore. It seems like we get anybody that's not in the green in terms of the relative athletic score scale that we even discuss on these shows in our mock drafts on Twitter, which kind of causes a lot of those other guys who are just really good at football and not high RAS guys to go underrated. But so we got Felix at, at the edge as the top pick. And this scenario here included a trade down. So you trade down from pick number 68 and you get two additional late picks in that third round range, the end of the third round. And he took Luke Whipler, the center from Ohio State, who may be the best center in this class, potentially, uh, certainly one of the best. And then Sean Tucker running back from Syracuse. I like the positions here. I really do. I think if you can formulate a draft class like this, Cody, where you get an edge and then you go back, you get a center, a guy who can maybe even start for you. You get a running back who's going to contribute right away. Instant contributors, regardless if they're going to start immediately or not. Broncos fans, we can't attach ourselves, I think, to that idea, right? We want to get instant contributors, maybe not instant starters, maybe future starters. I like going with edge here. I like going center right after that. And I like going, I like the running back idea. I think that's got to be on the table as well. What do you think of this mock draft here from our guy? I like it because, you know, there's a trade down that requires you getting, you know, two additional third round picks in this year's draft, which gives you more options to add depth, right? In third round, I think there's some, as George Payton calls it, the juiciest part of the, of the draft is the depth that is there in round three. You're getting guys, like I said, you're getting edge rusher, which, you know, if you have depth questions about it, bang, there you go. Center, you know, uncertainty about Lloyd Cushenberry and even Kyle Fuller. You get a guy who's perceived to be one of the best centers coming up in this year's NFL draft class. And then you get a running back to add some value behind Javante Williams and Samaje Piran. I, I like it. I think Kinley, he puts it out there. And you know what Kinley is? Kinley is an everydayer. You know what that means? He listens to Lockdown Broncos Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, he listens to every episode of the show. And if you are an everydayer, make sure you let us know because that way we can highlight you, give you shout outs here on the show as well. We appreciate it for making us part of your everyday routine, making us your first listen of the day. Broncos country, the mock draft frenzy is going to continue here on third round Thursday. The Broncos in one of Broncos country fans latest mock drafts, they come away with some strong, great value, pun intended players here in their latest mock draft. You'll get that on today's episode, Lockdown Broncos. Real quick, let me tell you about the Lockdown NFL Scouting with the Draft Dudes, the podcast you get every single day from free agency to the NFL draft, salary cap management, and more. Join NFL experts Kyle Krabs and Joe Marino as they take you through what it's like to build a successful NFL franchise every Monday through Friday. You can find Lockdown NFL Scouting with the Draft Dudes wherever you get your podcasts and on YouTube, part of the Lockdown Podcast Network, your team every day. As we jump into the fourth quarter action on today's third round Thursday episode, Lockdown Broncos, we just want to say thank you so much to everybody in Broncos country. Thank you for making us your first listen of the day every single day. And thank you to everybody that listens to Lockdown Broncos every day. If you listen Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, drop a comment down below on YouTube or tweet us on Twitter at Cody Rook NFL, at Sarah Bettinger. If you listen on your favorite audio podcasting platform, 
Fellas, if you are an everydayer as well, we appreciate you so much. We'll feature you a lot more here on the show. We are so grateful for everybody in Broncos country. Let's get into the final mock draft that we selected from a fan who submitted theirs. Obviously, if you want to get involved next week, you can also do the same thing. We'll put the prompt out on Wednesday, and you can get involved in the action here. But this comes in from Jared Volk, and he says, uh, you know, when you look at this one, sir, I kind of like it. I kind of like the uh, the picks that he made because you're getting some pretty damn good players in round number three. I'll do the drum roll here. Who was the pick at number 67? Boom. Uh, boom. We got Darnell Washington, Cody, my favorite. I don't know why. My favorite prospect in this draft, Darnell Washington. Of everybody? Love, tight end out of Georgia. I, I think so. I mean, I, for some reason, I'm just drawn to this guy. He's like a creative player at the tight end position reminds me of my old uh, my old Madden days when I used to really be obsessed with playing the game. I would always try to find these types of guys to add to my roster. Just a freakishly big, freakishly fast tight end that can make plays for you, that could dominate in the in the running game as a blocker. I love Darnell Washington. I love this mock draft of both Darnell Washington out of Georgia, the tight end, and then DJ Turner, the cornerback out of Michigan. Why do we like this mock draft? Well, because it makes it feel like the Broncos have multiple first-round picks. So we thank you for the Pro Football Focus Mock Draft Simulator, which all these, I tried to select as well, Cody, from all these mock drafts that were picked. I know you, you did yours on Pro Football Network. I did mine on Mock Draft that Database. I see a lot of people using uh, different simulators for the different mock drafts that they do. This one comes from the Pro Football Focus Simulator. So I see it as very unlikely that either of these two guys are available. but I wanted to bring this one up because I do think it's an interesting discussion. If the Broncos get a a little hair to trade up, I wanted to bring a note that pro football focus actually pointed out since 2011, Cody, the new Orleans saints, they have traded up in the NFL draft 16 times. You want to know how many times they traded down since that time? That'd be a big fat zero since 2011. They have not zero. They have not traded down a single time. Why is that relevant? Well, because Sean Payton is now the head coach of the Denver Broncos. And it seems like, although we know the Saints had a general manager, Mickey Loomis, we know that that Sean Payton was obviously heavily involved in that process. What are your thoughts on trading up for one of these, a guy like this, right? A really a top flight tight end, top flight corner, or any other position. Do you feel like the Broncos, even with their limited capital, that we've seen, I, I think even the Saints average around five or six selections in Sean Payton's drafts for the team, do you think they could get somebody really just high on their board? It's like, hey, we got to have this guy and move up for him. I think it's certainly possible, even if you include like, okay, hey, we're going to give this team pick number 67, pick number 68 to move up, maybe round two. Uh, maybe you even attach a player, maybe move up round one. I mean, I, I don't know how it all works. Like there's different levels to like, okay, this is value. This is how you get a back-end round one pick. This is you know what a team would more than likely accept. Denver could very well do that, and here's why. Because they're building out the 90-man roster. I think they're at, what, 71, 72 right now. They've got to fill, obviously, you know some more spaces there to get there. You're going to factor in, obviously, this year's draft class, undrafted rookies, and maybe even a couple free agency signings. So there's not much room to be had here in terms of going through and, and getting it. As we all know, Denver has five picks. They offset two of those premier third-round picks to move up to round two. I think in the eyes of George Payton and Sean Payton, I think that there's value to that. I think because you're going to get a player that you believe 
will come in and play an instant impact right away. And I think that has to be the basis, right? If you're going to make the type of trade to move up, you have to go get a player that you feel like is going to play right now, not a player that's going to play in two years, three years from now. I think that would be, okay, maybe not the best usage of your assets there. And keep in mind, Denver has all of their picks next year, minus a round two, which they obviously had to include in the Sean Payton trade. They do get back an additional third round pick, though, from New Orleans. So I think that kind of balances out there. And then obviously there could be some trades that happen in season where Denver gets more capital. And then the year after that, they have a ton of draft picks. I believe they have nine so far from what I saw in Pro Football Focus. They have nine draft picks, I think, in 2025 or going to the 2025 NFL draft. So for me, if you feel like there's a guy and you feel like he's going to bring value to you offensively, defensively, a guy who can be a potential long-term player for your franchise, you're going to do that. And I want to make one quick final point here before turning it back to you. George Payton isn't the type of general manager that's going to go out and do whatever he wants, right? There's obviously going to be some consulting done. But George Payton, since he has come on as the general manager of the Broncos, has done everything in his power and has delegated, has collaborated with his head coach to give them whatever they feel like they need to be successful. That's how a GM rules. A GM doesn't rule like it's my way or the highway. It's, coach, what do you need for us to win games this year? And we're going to go and we're going to make that happen for you. That's George Payton's job. So many people don't know that. They don't realize that. And I think, Cody, to add on to that point, really what we're looking at here when we talk about being aggressive, if that's what the the situation dictates, if that's what Sean Payton wants to do, if he says, hey, I got to have Darnell Washington, I got to have DJ Turner, I got to have one of these guys for this roster, the Broncos could still be active in free agency post NFL draft. Like you can manipulate the salary cap to do what you need. I know they have a little less than 8 million in salary cap right now, but I don't think we've seen the last of the Broncos getting involved in free agency because they only have five picks and because a possibility exists that they could parlay those two third round picks to say, move up into maybe the forties, something like that, maybe get another pick back in round four or five additionally. So trade, you know, trade two threes for a two and a four or something like that. They could do something like that, still end up with five or six draft picks at the end of all things here and and then go into free agency and say, hey, where are we still lacking depth? Like the draft is not the end of the line, right? I think a lot of people are viewing these different things like, oh, well, free agency, we don't have enough picks in the draft. So free agency is kind of the end of the line for this position group or the draft is the end of the line for this position group. Now, you and I will certainly, as the you know draft concludes, as we get you know, into that phase of the offseason, we'll certainly talk about free agents that are still available that the Broncos could go look at because I don't think that's out of the realm of possibility. I don't think they're done by any means. We've already talked about Kareem Jackson. Well, if that possibility exists, what other possibilities could exist as well based on what they do in the draft? I think in the draft, you there's a there's a time to let the board fall to you and there's a time to go up and go get a guy if you believe that that guy can, like you said, really help your team right now. I love it. That's a great philosophy, and we'll see. I mean, time will tell. There's only a couple weeks left before the NFL draft happens. We'll have you covered every step of the way, every single day. We just want to say thank you so much to everybody in Broncos country for tuning in and making us your first listen of the day every single day. Just a reminder, let us know. If you listen Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, let us know down below that you are an everyday listener and if you're not listening every day, why is that? Make sure you tune in Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, weekdays on your favorite audio podcasting platform. Or if you want to watch us in video format, you get the episodes a little bit early, a day early, Sunday through Thursday. You can expect a brand new episode of Lockdown Broncos in video format on YouTube, the audio 
Monday through Friday. Make sure you listen to us five days a week. We appreciate you so much, Broncos country, for tuning in, engaging, and being part of the show. We'll see you tomorrow for a brand new episode of the show as we take a look at the state of the Broncos after free agency, the running back position. Is it better right now going to 2023 than it was last year? Sarah and I, we're going to... 